Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Anti-Pharmacist Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you listening in once again. I hope you had a nice and enjoyable weekend. Well, I did. You know this particular saying that prevention is better than cure, right? I bet it is said more times than one can count on a daily basis. But it seems to me that people attribute this saying to a lot of things. For example, you better fix your leaking roof before the rainy season comes so that your house doesn't get flooded. After all, prevention is better than cure. And all such scenarios that people have actually neglected the literal meaning, which is actually referring to disease prevention. Preventing the occurrence of an ailment or disease is much better and cheaper than having to treat it, you agree with me? Which is why I will be discussing one aspect of it today, and that is the importance of vaccination. Without further ado, let's get right into it. So, vaccination seems like a paradox, at least to me. Why do I say this, you may wonder? I have noticed that people seem to have a love-hate relationship with the concept of vaccination. Maybe it has to do with age or certain diseases. I'm still trying to figure it out and I'll explain what I mean, alright? You, my listeners, can also help me to get clarity in the comments by telling me why you think some people are averse to vaccination, especially in Africa, using Nigeria as a case study. But before I dive fully in, for those that do not know what vaccination is, I would like to explain in simple terms. Vaccination, also known as immunization, is the act of preventing diseases caused by microorganisms by waking up the body's immune system to the existence of that causative organism so that the body's defense mechanism can fight them whenever they are encountered. I hope that that makes sense to you. It is simply the act of introducing a little amount of these microorganisms in its killed or attenuated form. Sometimes it can even be a component of the organism's structure or even its secretion of toxin that is introduced into the body either via injection or orally. This causes the body's immune system to create antibodies against these germs, thus building immunity against the disease, which is why it is called immunization. So I said killed form or attenuated form, that is the weakened form of the microorganism is passed into the body, not the live or virulent form, because the aim is just to familiarize the body with that organism in order for the body to form a defense against it. It is like a country training its soldiers against its enemy by showing them what the enemies look like and their attributes so that when they encounter them for real, they are able to fight and win. Now, I mentioned that vaccination is done against diseases caused by microorganisms or germs as we call them. Germs like bacteria and viruses mostly and sometimes parasites not against other diseases which are not caused by microorganisms like hypertension, diabetes and the likes. So I mentioned earlier that people have a love-hate relationship with vaccines because there are many conspiracy theories around them. From talks of being a weapon of the western world to the adverse effects experienced after taking them to even the belief that they cause the diseases that they are supposed to prevent. It's a whole lot. In a future episode on this podcast, We will be examining these conspiracy theories alongside some of my colleagues, so look forward to it. But for the purpose of today's topic, let me let you know that vaccines do not cause diseases. The germs injected into the body are not virulent at all. They have either been killed 
or weaken to the point that you, they can't harm you. Their only purpose is to awaken your immune system. Now, let's talk briefly about immunity. The literal meaning of immunity is defense against attack. Your body soldier that defends you against the attack, in this case, the diseases, is the immune system, which consists of your white blood cells, spleen, bone marrow, lymphatic system, thymus, tonsils, adenoids, and appendix. Each of these cells, organs, and tissues, and proteins have their individual functions, which contribute to immunity. The white blood cells are the major carriers of the soldiers, and they circulate in the lymphatic system, which is a network of similar blood vessels, which act as pipes for the white blood cells. While the organs I mentioned earlier, as well as lymph nodes, serve as reservoirs or storage for white blood cells, and the immune components they carry, like macrophages, like phagocytes. Let me mention that the tonsils, adenoids, and appendix are gateways for pathogens to enter the body, and this is why lymphoid tissues are concentrated in them. I hope you get me up to this point. I'm not about to go into details on immunology, alright? But I must make you understand the basics so that you can get the point I'm driving at. Now, there are three types of immunity. The innate immunity is the first one. That is the immunity we are born with. Although not very strong, but it's still there. This protects us from infancy, from diseases. An example is our skin, which is a protective barrier, alright? Then there is adaptive immunity, which develops as we grow and are exposed to various substances and germs in life. This is also called acquired immunity. For example, you see parents letting their children play with sand so that they can get some immunity through their contact with the germs in the soil. Did I mention that the immune system has memory? Yes, there's some sort of memory card, so to speak, which stores information and remembers the germs the body has come across so that the next time it shows up, the body knows how to tackle it. Vaccination also helps to confer this acquired or adaptive immunity. And the third and the last is the passive immunity, which is a temporary type of immunity derived from another person. For example, the transfer of antibodies from mother to child through placenta before delivery and in breast milk after delivery. I believe that now you know the basics about immunity and vaccination. Why then are people averse to it or should I say they are scared of it? Take for instance, during COVID-19 when the vaccine was deployed, majority didn't take it, even the educated ones. Most of those who took it, I'm sure, didn't have a choice. Maybe because it was made compulsory at work or they wanted to travel and it was a prerequisite. Then, like I said, many rumors cropped up of how people who took the vaccine suddenly became electrical conduits, conducting electricity here and there, charging phones and lighting bulbs on their skins. So I now begin to wonder, those people, where are they now? Remember that there is an immunization schedule for children and adolescents worldwide and Nigeria is not exempted. When you give birth to your child in hospitals or even maternity homes, correct me if I'm wrong, there are scheduled immunization visits that you have to take your babies for and most if not all mothers take their children for these vaccinations. From BCG vaccine and polio vaccines at birth to diphtheria vaccines at 6 weeks to measles vaccines at 9 months as well as their boosters subsequently as they go. The mothers take responsibility and get their children vaccinated. Even in primary schools we remember then that this 
vaccination agents, these workers, immunization agents, they come to school and give us polio vaccines orally. These are children that have only their innate immunity working for them. The mothers do not fear these vaccines causing these diseases rather than prevent them. Why then is it difficult to get adults vaccinated? At least at this point, you would have had the three types of immunity working for you. So as an adult, you shouldn't have a fear of infection from vaccination. If it will ever occur, the probability is extremely low because they are really safe. You see what I mean by love-hate relationship now? It is these same mothers that took us for immunization where we were little that will call us now and say we must not take COVID-19 vaccines. Oh. Like I said earlier, there were many rumors and theories around it, so I do not totally blame them. And this is why the right information has to be circulated. Awareness has to be created concerning these things. And that is exactly what I'm doing right now. Vaccination is one of the miracles of the modern world. Since its discovery and the creation of the first successful vaccine by Dr. Edward Jenner in 1796 against cowpox, its major advantage is the protection against diseases that otherwise could have been deadly. Smallpox is now a thing of the past, so also is polio because of vaccination. It has greatly reduced morbidity and in turn, healthcare costs. Imagine there wasn't a COVID-19 vaccine during the pandemic. The death toll would have been much, much more than we experienced. Vaccines now help protect against more than 20 diseases from pneumonia to hepatitis to cervical cancer and even Ebola. In the last 30 years, according to WHO, child deaths have declined by over 50% thanks in large part to vaccines. But statistics still show that in many parts of the world, one in five children still goes unvaccinated. The statistics on adults haven't been ruled out yet, but I'm sure it will be more than that. So what am I saying in essence? Vaccination is an excellent preventative strategy against diseases, which we should take advantage of, both young and old. Like I said, it looks like in Nigeria at least, children vaccinations are covered. People are more responsive to it. But what about adults? Some of the vaccines that are available for adults to take advantage of are hepatitis B vaccine, cervical cancer vaccines for women, human papilloma virus vaccine, influenza vaccine, and even COVID-19 vaccine and the likes. You need these vaccines based on your risk of exposure, which is determined by your gender, your job, health conditions, lifestyle, or travel habits. You may get some for free, while you may have to pay for others. You may say, why do I still have to get COVID-19 vaccine since COVID-19 has gone? Let me be honest with you. COVID-19 hasn't gone anywhere. It is still very much around, at least until WHO declares the world COVID-free. Even if it goes, I hate to be a bearer of bad news, but the world will experience another pandemic in the future. Now, where it gets interesting and advantageous is that it is very possible that the next pandemic or the one after that will be caused by a virus in the SARS coronavirus family. Your immunity against COVID-19 will cover you at least to a considerable extent by then. This isn't just a guess or an hypothesis, but it has been confirmed through recent study that those who have been immunized against smallpox virus in the past have been found to have a level of immunity against monkeypox virus, 85% immunity actually. So really, no vaccination is a waste. Get up to date with your vaccinations. 
visit your health centers and hospitals to get vaccinated. Talk to your healthcare provider about vaccination. If you have questions, ask them. If you have questions, leave them in the comment section of this podcast. Get across to us. We will answer your question. We will allay your fears about vaccination. It is for your own good. Don't leave your health to chance. Take responsibility for your health. And that's a wrap on today's episode. Like I said at the beginning, let me know in the comment section the reasons why you or people you know shy away from getting vaccines. Also, engage us on our various social media platforms, on IG, on X, follow me on LinkedIn and engage me and join our podcast channel on Telegram where you can also leave your comments, suggestions and ask your questions as well. Our mail is also always available. Send us mail via antipharmacistpodcast at gmail.com. Listen, subscribe, follow, and share the podcast to enable us to reach as many people as possible. This premium information should not be hoarded. Please share it. Thanks for your support always. Till next time, stay healthy and God bless you.